Welcome to the Um Yeah Sports Podcast with John and Chris, where it's unapologetically just about the sports. We're glad you joined us. Let's jump right in. It is the November 7th episode of the Um Yeah Sports Podcast. It is your Monday evening episode of the show. I'm Chris, and with me, as always, is John. Hey, listeners, thanks for tuning in. We appreciate you. If you haven't subscribed yet, we ask that you do. You just tap that subscribe button in your favorite podcasting app, and away you go. That'll get you the latest episodes as soon as they are available. Also, we have a website. It's www.umyasports.com. That's like a sports aggregation news and information from all around the Internet. We hit the local sites, um, hit social media. We bring everything together for you so you don't have to do it. We do it free from ads, free of cost to you. Go check that out. And then also we are over on the Twitter at um yeah sports and uh, we would love to hear from you. So please, please do engage over there. Uh, give us a follow. Uh, John, even uh, you've got your personal account. You do a bunch of stuff there as well. You might want to give him a follow as, uh, as you are at it. So how are you, man? I'm doing well. How are you? I am good. Bit of a nail biter yesterday between uh, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers and the Los Angeles Rams. I don't think that game turned out the way either of us would have predicted it going into the season. But given the season that both teams have had through the first half, I don't think that it was too terribly surprising that that's uh, how that that whole thing ended up. But we'll dig into that in a little bit. Um, before we get to it, though, the um, the word out there is that OBJ is like, I guess he gave a list of four teams that he'd be willing to go to, although it's sort of reading the broader context. It sounds like it's not just those four teams, but those are four teams that he's interested in. It sounds like he's also looking to put down roots somewhere. So he's trying to find a team that he can go to, stay for a while, and maybe hunker down in that city, wherever that is. Uh, you are of the opinion that uh, those Los Angeles Rams that we watched last night uh, really kind of blow it in the end of the fourth quarter there, as far as I'm concerned, going into the prevent. Um, they need uh, they need OBJ back. Is that right? Yeah, I think so. Um, I think right now this offense is super one-dimensional. They can't run the football. Uh, that just did not work and has not worked over the last season um last night we saw tampa just wreck the offensive line get to matthew stafford a ton really just stop cam Akers and henderson in their tracks and, and really gave them no options of anywhere to go with the football and at that point they turned to the passing game but they only have cooper cup as that true number one guy that type of guy that can get separation uh and, and do what he needs to do and it's the, really the only playmaker they have except Allen robinson but Allen hasn't really done as much as you would you would hope. Uh, so they need to get OBJ back because I think at this point, because they're being forced into this one-dimensional type play and running game isn't working, you need to get into a situation where you have a secondary guy that at least opens up Cooper Cup or Allen Robinson or Van Jefferson, and that OBJ is that guy. Because OBJ, you see what he was able to do before and after he came, before he came, this Rams team didn't look all that good, and I don't think it would have been able to get to the Super Bowl put OBJ in there and he turned this franchise around and got him in the right position, took some time, but eventually chemistry took over and they started winning football games. Uh, so I think in a large part, that's what we saw go wrong with this Rams team is that the run game isn't working. Cooper Cuff spoken on that over the last few weeks about how frustrating it is to not have any sort of run game, which make them one dimensional and forcing them to not call many running plays, which is just ending up hurting them in the long run. So I, I think they need to get a new wide receiver. Uh, obviously, uh, I saw a report that, that OBJ will be fully healthy and clear uh, by the end of the week, I believe it said. So teams are going to start a bidding war for him. Uh, I, I've 
heard the 49ers are now in that, the Packers, the Bills, the Giants, and the Rams, obviously. But the Rams are going to be in a situation where they're going to be careful with all of that because they don't have any, they don't need draft choices, but, you know, salary cap's obviously going to be an issue. But I think they desperately need uh, OBJ to come onto the lineup to give them a boost of some sort because right now they don't have, like I said, that playmaker. And also, if they uh, fix this um, wide receiver room, the running game will also open up because they don't can't crowd the box as much, which can open things up. Um, but like we'll talk about in a second, I think it's also because of a lack of the offense that they've had, it ended up hurting the Rams in the long run due to the amount of time that uh, the defense had to stay on the field. But whoever gets OBJ, like I've mentioned before, uh, and we'll keep mentioning until he gets signed by a team, whoever gets him will legitimately. And obviously, like I said, he wants, or like you mentioned, he wants to be at a team for multiple, multiple years. I think he said three to four years so he can lay down roots or whatever in that city. That that makes their franchise instantly better for years to come. And once you sign him and you get that all figured out, then you can build around him. He's that type of asset where if you have him, you can build around him. And then at that point, you're kind of getting into a better situation. So I think, you know, it seems like the Rams are getting frustrated a little bit. I think if they don't sign, I think there could be even more turmoil coming mm-hmm. out of that franchise because... Um, uh, Jalen Ramsey came out and basically said the defense should not have been out for that final drive. There's only like a minute left and the offense just had to sustain some sort of drive and they get out of that game and the defense just can't be expected to do everything for them. And I imagine there's some fatigue that also goes into it. But having that's to the beat championship them. defense. You get your butt out there and you close out the game, right? Right. But also the offense needs to do something to allow them to rest. Cause I mean, that final I understand, drive, they but they like, completely, they just completely let Tampa just like have their way. I don't know why they gave 11 yards of, you know, <laughs> of a uh, space between I mean, they the kept different... giving the edges to them. So they kept getting out of bounds. I don't know, man, something definitely broke down there. And I don't think it's right to just say it's the offense's fault for not, you know, wearing the clock down. I mean, I get it. it you is want the offense too, to but... you want the offense to do that. You want to have a broad strategy, but at the end of the day, championship defenses, they thrive on that, you know? Yeah, exactly. So, I don't know about all that. Um, so, we'll see. We'll see what happens. Okay. Carolina Panthers, we got to see uh yesterday a little bit of Baker Mayfield out there, uh but they they need a they need to figure out their quarterback situation and they've been like, you know, kind of really going through it <laughs> they've brought a bunch of guys in and still nothing yeah it's it's a rough situation for the the uh the panthers at this point um you saw at the beginning of the game uh pj walker was in there he played did fine didn't do great a lot of incompletions couldn't get anything going the team looked terrible on both ends of the football 50 points to to uh, Joe Mixon in a single f- fantasy game, uh, five touchdowns is not something that you want to give up. And then Baker Mayfield comes in there, he orchestrates a, a you know a touchdown drive, looks pretty decent. Thinks you think okay maybe this guy could be it for you know their guy. And then after that everything looked the exact same for the rest of the game. Honestly, PJ Walker is not your answer. Baker Mayfield, Sam Darnold are not your answers. Uh, I think you're gonna have to get a quarterback in the draft. I don't know which one you go with. Hopefully the one you pick is the right option. Because none of the guys that are out there right now are the guys that are going to be able to turn around your franchise. I think you just have to see this as a throwaway year and, you know, try to have the worst record so you can have the number one or number two draft draft option. Um, because, you know, you definitely want to draft a quarterback when you're sitting at two and seven at this point. But they've also, you know, gotten draft choices a little bit with some of the trades they've done. But they've kind of wrecked this team. They've traded a lot of pieces away. 
in the wide receiver room. Uh, Christian McCaffrey is now gone, obviously. So they got a whole slew of picks from that. So I think they're just kind of gearing towards a a um a, kind of a rebuild. But Baker Mayfield and Sam Darnold, I don't think will be on this roster come uh, next season. I think it's kind of a matter of time before they just you know cut their losses with those guys, let them pursue free agency and see, let them go where they want to go because both of them are healthy. But the coach came out today and said that uh, um, said that you know he's the PJ Walker starting and that uh, they are not coming onto the field. They're not playing, so clearly they have zero trust in their ability to win football games. Uh, if they're willing to go with P.J. Walker, their third-string guy, who has been able to string together a couple of wins but still hasn't played all that well. So at this point, it's just kind of one of those situations where this Panthers team is looking like the Jets or or uh, the Jaguars of you know multiple seasons ago, and now the Jets are actually playing pretty decently. But they're going to have to figure out a way to turn around and get things on the right track, and, and they also have to find a new head coach. Um, I don't think Sean Payton will come back to coach that team, but you know, yeah. if the Chargers become available, I've heard rumors that he wants to go mm. there. So, okay, you know, all right, it's one of those situations. Okay, so next weekend we have the uh, Tampa Bay Buccaneers squaring off against the Seattle Seahawks in Munich, Germany. I think it's the very first NFL game in in Germany. Uh, in Germany. Um, let's talk um, a little bit about uh, what the the well. Let's start with the Bucks. Uh, and let's talk about the game yesterday, and um, what you know. What was the key reason they were able to pull that out? And then let's look forward, and we'll talk a little bit about uh, about the Seahawks, and then about the game coming up. Yeah, I think one of the key reasons why they won a mistakes by the, like I said, the whole OBJ situation and the ability not to run the football and how re- how an office office line wasn't very good for if you're the if you're the Rams. But I think the reason that they won. Uh, is because this the the uh, Tampa defense came on really strong even with missing a lot of pieces still yes they got a few pieces back uh, uh in this game but they were still pretty light as far as safety help and all that but they are able to play it the way they've been able to play it because I think all of the criticism they've gotten and all of the the media and fans just getting really upset about the you know the way that they've been playing uh, even past legends of the Tampa Buccaneers were, you know, giving criticism to Devin White and, and saying that he shouldn't be a captain anymore and all that. And then you come out and you win the game and you play great defense and you get that game winner and you hold it out and you end up winning it. Now, obviously, you have to do, you know, way more than that to to win a, a you know a playoff game and and all that. But I think the in the NFL, it's a lot about building off of the defeats to get the wins. And I feel like Tom Brady did a good job leading this team on that very ending drive. You can say what they what you want about the defense that the Rams put together, but that drive only lasts about 30 seconds and they were in the end zone. That pass interference call definitely helped, but they marched on the field, did it very efficiently. Um, Tom Brady now has a hundred thousand yards passing, but I think in a lot of ways that all that, that the people have talked about and how, you know, how they've been playing and all that really fueled this defense to play at a higher level get through the offensive line, get to the quarterback, sack them, you know, wreck havoc, do as much as you possibly can to make it difficult on the Rams and then proceed on the offensive end to sustain drives. Not all of them got to touchdowns, but they were getting scores consistently. It wasn't like they scored, you know, three times and then they didn't score again like the Rams did. They were getting drives down the field, scoring, getting field goals, doing what they needed to do, and at the very end, getting enough to win the game. And a large portion of that is obviously Tom Brady. But I think the way they've been playing defense, that if they continue that defense when this when the um when the next phase of guys come back and they get fully healthy, 
Uh, I think it's going to be one of the situations where this team could look very good. I think they're, they're, I think they're getting past um, the rust that they've had. I think they're getting on the right track. And like you mentioned, they're playing Seattle and, and Germany and, and Seattle has been playing really good this season. Uh, the offensive line has kept Gino really clean uh, and off the, and off the dirt. Um, and Gino has been able to do a lot to get them in the right position to succeed. Their running backs have been playing really well. So what type of running uh, run stop defense do they have? That will be answered uh, when they play. And at what situation is this Rams team actually at? as far as the running game is concerned, will also be answered. But Are you talking about the, the Seahawks or the... The Rams, because the Seattle Seahawks have good run defense. Don't the Bucks then. Yeah, the Bucks. I'm Sorry. saying like... You how Rams. Did I? My yeah. Bad. The the Bucks and how they're able to do. I think... I just think Tom Brady, well, the uh, broadcast mentioned it on the broadcast, how Tom Brady said that they he needed to win the game against the Rams and then he needed to win the game against uh, yep. the Seattle Seahawks and yep. then they turn things around. I fully believe that's the case. And if they can do that, I think the momentum, I think the energy, I think the brothership that they've created in that locker room and not getting a coach from outside and bringing in Todd Bowles to be that coach has really made this team not lose a step. Yeah. They lost a few games, but to see how much of this is actually going to stick and how much of this isn't just a kind of a whim or, or, or a game where you win and then you're going to go on another slide. We'll really start with how well they play in Seattle, how close that game is, mm-hmm. how much effort they put out there, how much hustle will we see all that stuff continue. Yep. Yep. And if they do that, I think it'll be, a good time to be a Tampa fan. Yeah. So early in the season, we were we were uh, commenting that the Seattle Seahawks, their season was going to be not so good, um, given what what had happened in the off season. And now and now we're both wrong. Yeah. I think about that is the Seahawks are actually doing quite well. Thank you very much. Um, without Russell Wilson, um, but you don't think that they're better without Russell? I think. So I think I it's... think there's been a lot of co- like I think a lot of people are observing like, hey, maybe that's what's allowing this team to reemerge is the fact that Russ isn't there and we're not trying to game plan everything around that single individual. I think, A, I think a lot of people do not like Russell Wilson for whatever reason. Um, Ever since he left, they've come out with all the reasons that Russell Wilson was awful during his time there. I I don't know. I think the Denver Broncos are really everything that was bad about Seattle when Russell Wilson was there. Uh, I think a lot of people are expecting Russell, Russell Wilson to be able to play with as much pressure in his face as he had in Seattle, but I don't think that's something that's sustainable. But I think the reason Seattle is better is because of the Russell Wilson trade, but I don't think if you know, so I think they got better because they just traded Russell Wilson for the draft choices and for Noah fan. They, that made them better, mm-hmm. but I don't necessarily think that Russell Wilson leaving is making them better. If you know what I mean? I think, yeah, it's helpful. They got a bunch of draft choices, and where they invest that draft choices in the offensive line and a new running back. Where do they not dra- invest their draft choices in when they had Russell Wilson and an offensive line? They never gave Russell Wilson any sort of protection. He asked for it. They couldn't figure it out when they did draft him. It wasn't the right draft options, and then suddenly they trade Russell Wilson and they make the absolutely perfect choices for offensive line, and they're playing really well. So if you give that Russell Wilson that same line, you know, I think he wins the same amount of games. You give him lines you gave him. I mean. Yeah, he's going to struggle because he's running for his life back there. But they made the right decisions and gave Geno Smith exactly what he needs to have time back there and make the plays, you know, do everything that he needs to do. And I think a lot of ways, you know, Russell Wilson never had that in in his time with in Seattle or pretty much never uh, and, you know, never really succeeded. So that's why I think the Russell Wilson trade helped. And, and I don't think it necessarily means that, you know, they wouldn't be in the same situation without Russ. But honestly, this team has been really, really good. I mean, I think... Uh, Kenneth Walker has been playing really well in that running back position. 
dominating with uh, Penny out for the season. Um, I think the defense has played really well, even with uh, Adams out for the rest of the season, their safety in, in the first game. Pretty much one of the first plays got injured, didn't play again. So that was a big loss. But they've been they came out strong. They've been playing really well. This defense has looked really good. Um, been playing their hearts out. I think the draft this draft class has completely changed this team. The offensive line, the running backs, the the cornerbacks, the linebackers, the second year guys. Everyone is playing at an elite in a high level, uh, which we have not seen since Legion of Boom era. Now, I don't think they're as good as Legion of Boom era. I'm not saying that, but I'm saying it kind of harkens back to that day and age where all the defense, all the offense looks like it's clicking in in one accord a little bit, and they're all playing uh, together, and they're all playing to win football games, and they look like they finally are a team again. Uh, and I think ever since they got rid of all those players, you know, all that Legion of Boom players, we haven't seen that. So Russell Wilson was with the Legion of Boom, right? And then when Thal went away, he lost his offense line. He lost his defense. He lost everything. And then they send him to Denver. You get all that stuff in, in return, and then you build around Geno, and that's the next chapter. So I think, you know, Russell Wilson's time should be set in stone as one thing, and then Geno's time set in stone as another thing, and that's being built right now. That legacy, that time is being built. I think they're what, like six and two at this point. Mm -hmm. So they've been playing really, really well. Now, if you ask me before the season, do I think that's where they're going to be? No, I, I would have said no. Cause I just think I, I didn't think they would be able to get the right choices. It doesn't really feel like Seattle's draft choices always work out all that often. It's usually just trial and error, but they, they are able to do it this time around. But I think, like I mentioned, I think, you know, you put Russell Wilson back there. I think he'll have the same amount of success. So I think, Yes, the Russell Wilson trade helped to get all those draft choices, get Noah Fan in there. Noah Fan they're actually using it in a pretty efficient way as well, finally. But then if you look at it and you think to yourself, you know, where Russell Wilson's at in Denver, Denver is, I think, the Seahawks, Seahawks 2.0. I think he left the situation he was in and got put in the exact same situation again, just with a different logo on his helmet. So nothing to take away from what Pete Carroll is, what he's doing. Nothing to take away from Geno Smith and what he's doing. I think they're playing really well. I think DK Metcalf is you know, coming into his own a little bit, playing really well as well. Tyler Lockett even has been able to make some plays. And I questioned, you know, what he was able to do ever since Russell Wilson left because that chemistry was so good. But, you know, I think they, they're two things, uh, two individual things kind of put on it that could be, you know, placed in two separate areas. But uh, like I said, like you mentioned, I completely botched kind of their, their picks. I, I did not expect them to come out of the gate swinging like they did six and three to lead their division. Uh, is, is insane, and I'm excited to see what the Seattle Seahawks team can do and how far in the playoffs they can run. Uh, clearly, they hit Geno Smith really, really well, and now played him for the first time, played that car for the first time, and things are taking off, and uh, so that's that's exciting for Seattle, and, you know, it's finally a good time to be a Seattle fan. Okay, well, finally. I mean, yeah, I guess. Again. It's been a while. It's been a while. It hasn't been that long. Um, okay, so now we've got these two teams squaring off. I know you mentioned uh, some of the points a little bit um a little bit ago, but uh, we, now we've got Seattle and Tampa head-to-head -head in Munich. It's kind of, you know, I kind of see it as a big game for, for you know, both teams. Um, for Seattle, probably a little less so, but for Tampa, I see it as being an important an important game for them. Um, what do you think is going to happen here? Uh, you know, see, uh, uh, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers always – struggle in their secondary that's always been their thing where the linebackers and the defense uh defensive line are really good and then you get to the linebackers and everything just kind of falls apart a little bit back there uh and that's kind of their you know their weakness i would say um and i think this you know the seattle team can definitely expose that weakness because i think 
they've got the talent at the wide receiver position to make plays and to dominate uh, with Tyler Lockett, DK Metcalf, make plays. Uh, Gina, like I mentioned, Geno Smith has a great offensive line that he hasn't really been hurried and had plenty of time to deliver the ball on time where it needs to be. I don't think that you know stops. I think that continues. So, I mean, in a lot of ways, I think it's, I think they're, I think Seattle will probably, I think it'll be a close game. I think this, the, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers will, you know, play their hearts out and, you know, try to dominate as much as they can. But I think in a very close game, Seattle wins by a field goal at the end of the game to finish it off. I think it's a high scoring affair. Uh, I think both teams give their all. I think Tom Brady comes out swinging. But I think just this rotation of players where Chris Godwin's finally coming to his own a little bit and Julio Jones actually played a little bit and actually did decent. Mike Evans is Mike Evans. He always plays well. But this offensive line is still this offensive line, right? And with this, when they were playing against the Rams, the Rams got to Tom Brady quite a bit. Aaron Donald got to Tom Brady. Bobby Wagner made plays and got in there. So they, it's not like it was a hard thing for them to do to get to the backfield. And they played sloppy because of it. And Tom Brady didn't have all the time that was necessary. Now Tom Brady did make the correct plays and, and drove down the field. But... I think Seattle is riding a high right now. I think they're playing really well. I think they're being coached really well. I think they have all the tools to succeed. I don't think that stops. I think their running game has been playing really well. And I think their running game might take a step back if you're Seattle just because of how good, like I said, the linebacker core is and how good this defensive line is. But if you give Geno Smith time, uh, give him a few seconds to get the ball out, I think Ty Lockett and DK Metcalf could burn the secondary. Now, if they get uh, Winfield back uh, – at safety, I think that's maybe a little bit of a different question uh, in there, but that's a, that's a wrinkle that we probably won't know until closer to the game in about a week. But like I said, I think at, in the end, uh, after the dog fights over, after the dust settles, I think Seattle um, is is triumphant. Um, but I think if if Tampa can play in a way that, like I said, they bring the energy on defense, they bring the hustle on defense, they they clean up some of the mistakes, and they you know, get this offensive line on track and where it needs to be because Jensen, I think, comes back soon, then I think that's a that's a step in the right direction for for this Tampa team. Now, if Seattle loses by 3.7 points, but they still get to Tom Brady, they still get to this, uh, get the offensive line, and they still, you know, dominate uh, and make this team look all out of sorts, I think that's a victory for the Seattle Seahawks. But I think there's way more on the line for Tampa Bay to win this game. Yep. Uh, I think... The thing that really makes it hard for me to say it'd be Seattle by three is one thing. I think that's Tom Brady and his desire to win and is just willing to white knuckle until it comes into existence and, and just make all the correct plays and being in a league that long and playing as much as he has, he understands what it takes to win football games. So that makes it a little hard to, you know, to do that. And after that win, it kind of feels like they're riding uh, a lot of um, momentum, but you know, stick to my guns a little bit here. I think it's three point Seattle victory. Okay, there we go. All right, you mentioned that uh, tonight every single NBA team is playing. Is yeah, it's right? all 30 NBA teams are playing, and there's going to be 15 games all starting within 15 minutes of each other. All right, so, so it's a big, uh, big night. Starting in the at early 6 season. o'clock. Yeah, night in the game. NBA. All right, fantastic. Let's go watch us some basketball. Yes, sir. Awesome. All right, listeners, thanks for listening. We appreciate you. We'll catch you on the next See you.